Well, we've been on this series for the last several weeks, uh, Times of Refreshing, and um, we'll probably do this particular session today and maybe one other one next week. We've been talking a lot about pruning. We uh, actually, uh, two, maybe three weeks ago, um, our master text was John 15, and we're going to go there again uh, and revisit John 15 and speak of Jesus' words to his disciples as they uh, were in the vineyard, and he used the grapes and the vines as an analogy to talk about the kingdom. So go to John 15 when you find that. Would you stand up with me and let's honor the reading of the word of God as it's being proclaimed. We'd like to honor the word around here. And let's read the words of the master Jesus. Here we go. John 15, verse 1. I am the vine, and my father is the gardener, or your version may say say vine dresser. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Let's read verse 8 as well. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Praise the Lord. All right, now, again, we've been talking about pruning these last several weeks um, under that umbrella of times of refreshing, and the pruning part hasn't always been all that comfortable to talk about, but it's leading up to that that times of refreshing theme that uh, we've been kind of interweaving throughout this series. And once you get to the point, folks, where you're producing an abundance of fruit, that may go on for a long time praise the Lord. But then something might shift as you serve serve the Lord for years at a time and you find yourself bearing much fruit. That could go on for a long time, but then you might find that something strangely might shift. A, A vague sense of dissatisfaction may set in. You see, after seeing God work in your life through pruning and and disciplining, um, you might be tempted to think that you're now on the fast track to producing much fruit in yourself and also the lives of others. And and yes, to a certain degree, that's going to be true. After all, if good works produces good fruit, then much more good works must produce much more good fruit, right? Right? But in Jesus' final remarks to his disciples in the vineyard, he turned their attention away from activity altogether. All right, so I want to give you a key concept for this morning then. This is super, super important, so pay attention to this. God may not want you, depending on where you are in your life right now, 
God may not want you to do more for him. He may just want you to be more with him. That's our key concept and theme for this morning. God may not want you to do more for him, depending on what stage of life that you're in. He may simply want you to be more with him. So that's the concept that we're going to enlarge upon this morning and pursue further. So what does it mean to abide then? We read about that in uh, that master text. So what does that mean to abide? So let's read a portion of that again. Verse 4, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me, Jesus said. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now, I want to give you that word abide in the, the ancient Greek in which this was written, because we lose so much in English. You know, as I've said before, English is a very narrow language compared to the expansive, much more expansive language of the Greek. So I want to give you this definition in the Greek. That word uh, that's translated into English as abide is the word meno, and it means to stay, abide, and remain. To remain. Strong's exhaustive concordance uh, elaborates on that by saying that, uh, that meno means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. It means to abide, continue, dwell, endure, to be present, remain, stand, and tarry. So, within that master text that we read, within just six verses of John 15, Jesus says to abide ten times. It must mean that's very important. See, Jesus was showing his disciples that a close connection with him would directly determine the amount of supernatural power at work in their lives. See, Jesus knew that his disciples couldn't begin to, to achieve the, the kind of eternal impact that he had in mind for them without the one thing that they might be prone to forget. And that's the importance of simply more of him. That's the importance of simply being closely connected to him. All right? So now, another couple of key thoughts for you. If your life bears a lot of fruit, if your life bears a lot of fruit, then God will invite you to abide more deeply with him. If your life bears a lot of fruit, you're seeing a lot of abundance and growth in your life, then God will invite you to abide even more deeply with him. See, his purpose is not that you'll necessarily do more work for him, but that you'll choose to be more with him. Am I making sense so far? Now, with pruning, again, we've talked a lot about pruning uh, with the teachings leading up to today. With pruning, God is the one who initiates that process, and it's up to us to simply respond to that. But with abiding, it's us who must act. It's us who must act. So even though abiding is not about doing more work, if you want to experience it, there is something we must do. And the effort won't always come easily because by doing so, we have to tear ourselves away from lesser things. 
We have to tear ourselves away from lesser things, like maybe, I don't know, maybe you spend too much time on the computer or, or TV or whatever other lesser thing is uh, crowding out your time and attention with the Lord. So in, with abiding, it's always our move, you see. Well, notice, however, that uh, we're helpless to bear fruit alone. Remember, Jesus said that. We're helpless to bear fruit alone. Again, Jesus said, a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, for without me, you can do nothing. Exactly right. So just as a severed grape branch can bear absolutely no fruit, so we can bear no fruit unless we're connected to the vine, Jesus. Okay? Now, I want to talk to you just for a minute here about the crisis of performance, because some people do get into a performance mentality in their relationship with the Lord. All right, so let me give you a thought here. Some people become experts in serving God, but novices in learning how to simply become his friend. That might be a revolutionary thought for some of you, I don't know. Some people become experts in serving God, but novices in simply learning how to become his friend. And that leads to unhappiness, folks. But that unhappiness, listen, that unhappiness can lead to seeking God's presence more intensely. Rather than backing off, if you feel unfulfilled or unhappy in some way in your relationship with the Lord, that should begin the process of you seeking God even more intensely. So allow me to give you a prediction, a, a promise even. Unless our friendship becomes our first priority, unless our friendship with God becomes our first priority, we will never fulfill our true destinies at least not the fullness of it. So I say that again. Unless our friendship with God becomes our first priority, we will never fulfill the fullness of the destiny that God has in mind for us. See, if you're in a season of unhappiness right now or in a season of spiritual dryness or confusion even, and where uh, the things that used to bring you joy and fulfillment don't anymore, that might be a sign that God is beckoning you to deepen your relationship with him. You know, I liken it to this. Those of you who are parents and have raised children, you know how it is when you're teaching a toddler to walk, right? And that toddler, you, you hold, up, hold them up as they stand, and they're a little bit wobbly, but you're holding them with your hands and just helping them to kind of get their their legs from under, uh, under them to get some strength, right? And, and then, eventually, as they kind of get comfortable with that, you'll let go and just let them stand there on their own. And then, you'll maybe back up a half a step and say, walk to mommy or walk to daddy. And they take a little half step and they'll collapse in your arms. But as their legs get a little stronger, they'll learn to take one or two steps and you'll, you'll take two big steps back and you'll say, walk to mommy or daddy. And they'll begin to walk and they'll take three or four tumbly steps and then fall into your arms. And God sometimes, I think, does that with us. Sometimes, during those times where God seems absent or distant, your relationship with him seems dry, it just simply may be saying, my son, 
my daughter. Walk to daddy. Learn to stand on your own. He will support you in the early part of your relationship. Um, he'll support you um, and, and teach you to, to stand on your own. And then he's going to teach you to walk on your own. And sometimes that may seem like, where, God, where are you? He's teaching you to walk on your own. He's a good daddy. He's a good daddy. So if you're in a season of unhappiness right now or spiritual dryness or confusion even, your crisis of unhappiness is very important. And let me explain what I mean. See, if you don't break through right now, or at least very soon, then you might never do so because you'll feel God tugging on you only for so long. See, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. And when he's tugging at you, he's, he's waiting for a response from you. And if you're in a season of spiritual dryness or unhappiness or confusion, you need to press in and break through because if you don't, could be a very long time, or you may not even get another opportunity to break through to, to something that's abundant because God is a gentleman. He's only, only going to tug on you only for so long. See, sometimes in our zeal for the Lord, to, our zeal to work for the Lord, sometimes in our zeal to work for the Lord, we forget that we're in a relationship with him. Praise the Lord. And you may be thinking, well, well, Andy, you know, I pray and read the Bible every day. I'm at church regularly. So why do I feel so spiritually dry right now? Well, you see, folks, listen, in abiding, it's you that seeks, you long for, you listen for, you respond to a person, Jesus. So we're not talking about a mystical feeling here or a piece of head knowledge, we're talking about a relationship. You see, in our Western style to rush, to do and perform for God, we often falter at simply enjoying his company. Hallelujah. Yet, folks, listen, we were created to be dissatisfied and incomplete with less. I feel like I should say that again. We were created to be dissatisfied and incomplete with less. And I believe that's why this Asbury revival and the, the, the revivals that are breaking out, um, even Indiana Wesleyan University, there's something happening there that's very similar as well. I, I read over a dozen different places where this has broken out into. You know why that's the case? You know why people are traveling from other countries to come to the Asbury Revival because they're so hungry for more of God. They know there's more of God to experience than simply words on a page. Not that I'm minimizing the Bible, of course. That is our, that's our bread and meat, ladies and gentlemen. But, but just simply words on a page and simply having a, a prayer time that you may or may not numbly go through because you feel obligated to do so, the, punching your time card kind of thing. And there's more than just going to church and punching your time card to do that. There's, there's got to be something. We long for an experience with God. We long to interact with the Spirit of God. We long for the supernatural, don't we? We're, we're, we're designed to be dissatisfied 
with less, as a matter of fact. So that's why when you see these pockets of these revivals break out, people come from all over because they want to experience the presence and power of God because we're designed to have fellowship with God and experience that supernatural touch from him. Now, listen, I'm going to qualify that. It's not all about a goosebump and a butterfly. We realize that we walk by faith, not by sight. So I want to balance this. We walk by faith, not by sight, don't we? But there is something in us that yearns. God, I just, I want more of you. I mean, if you're, if you're truly seeking God anyway. Now, some people seem to be content with just bumping along and just going through the religious motions. But if, listen, if you're hungry for God, there's going to come a time where you're like, God, I want to experience you. Speak to me, Lord. I want to experience you in a deeper way. And that's why you're seeing these pockets of revival pop up all over the place because God is dealing with his people and people are responding. Praise God. In the words of the psalmist, listen, read through the Psalms. The Psalms is, is, is the journal, if you will, the prayer and worship journal of David and a couple of other people. And they wrote down longings of their heart, such as this one from Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Do you feel like that? Does your soul thirst for God, the living God, or are you just content to go through your religious motions? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons why people don't pursue God to that degree that this psalm is talking about. Um, see, if, if our need for this kind of relationship is so vital, why do so few people fervently pursue it? Well, I think there could be, be many reasons, but I just came up with a couple. So why do so few of God's people fervently pursue a deeper relationship with the Lord like that? The number one reason I thought of is that so few people really see the need for it. What do I mean by that? Well, we, we think that we're good just like we are and feel content to go through the motions of our religious duties and ceremonies and then pretty much do as we please the rest of the time. In short, People aren't hungry for anything deeper because maybe they don't even know there is anything deeper to pursue. But I want you to know that there is. See, we think that our religion, so many of us, is, is ceremony and head knowledge and nothing more, just like the Pharisees of Jesus' time. Am I making sense so far? All right, so what's the second reason why people don't pursue a deeper relationship with God more fervently? The second reason I thought of is that other people don't even feel particularly liked by God. Well, sure, they believe that God loves them in a theological sense, right? But they don't really believe that God is very happy with them. <laughs> Uh, and why would you want to pursue a deeper relationship with someone who you don't think even likes you very much? After all, we remember how we acted yesterday, and we don't even believe that we have the right to be super close to God. So we feel content to stay out on the back porch, if you will, of God's kingdom, 
rather than coming inside to dwell with him in his living room. And that's where he wants us, actually. Praise the Lord. See, you know, folks, listen. When you think of the qualities of your best friend, what is it about that person that makes you like him or her so much? Can I get some feedback from you all? Just, just yell out some qualities of the person that, or the people that you like the most. Yell them out. Kindness. Kindness. What else? What? Faithfulness, yes. Compassion. Compassion. They're positive. Christine? You have fun together. Yeah, exactly. Hmm? Creativity. There's trustworthiness. trustworthiness. Yeah, those are all really good. Here's some that I came up with. How about this? She accepts me. Or he always makes time for me. Or how about this one? I always feel encouraged by her. Or this one, um, I can be myself around him. You like those? See, what you appreciate about your best friend or friends is precisely what God offers. God the Father has nothing but love for you. I came with only good news today. God the Father has nothing but love for you. When he looks at you, he doesn't focus on the sins that you've asked him to forgive. Somebody needs to hear that today. When God the Father looks at you, he does not focus on the sins that you've asked him to forgive. He only sees a beloved child, a worthy heir of his kingdom. And you know, there's some of you, like Jen as an example, who just came to the Lord uh, last week or two weeks ago. And, and, and Jen, because the lifestyle that she came out of, that's very similar to the kind of lifestyles that many of us in the room came out of, because of so early in Jen's relationship with the Lord, she may need to hear that a lot more, that her sins are cast as far as the east is from the west and remembered no more. She's a child of God. She's accepted in the beloved. And uh, it's like all that, as far as what's being held against her, it's like all that stuff never happened. And that's the way God looks at each and every one of you as well. And there's some of you, I just feel the unction of the Holy Spirit today, that some of you in the room have been serving the Lord for a long time, but you need to be reminded of that too. You may have some of the stuff that you did in the back of your mind gnawing at you a lot. I want you to know by the Holy Spirit, don't let that gnawing continue to gnaw at you. Because that's only the voice of the accuser. The accuser of the brethren has no place in your life anymore. Because as far as you're concerned, if you have been, if you've been washed and made clean, if you've made a response to the, to the, the Spirit of God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, the slate has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. When, Jesus. when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus applied to your life. There's not a thing being held against you even if it only happened yesterday. Because the grace of God is that wonderful, isn't it? So please be reminded, whoever it is that I'm speaking to, and I believe that there's probably several people in the room right now that go, Pastor Andy, you don't, you don't know what I did. 
It doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. Some of you are, are, are saying, if you only knew, I can't even say in mixed company, it doesn't matter. Jesus forgave prostitutes, tax collectors, murderers. It's all wiped away. It's all under the blood. Now you have an accuser of the brethren that will, will, try to, will try to work up some guilt in your end and make you feel so unworthy like you can't draw closer to the Lord. But that's, that's his strategy to keep you from bearing fruit. The Holy Spirit of God is saying to you today, you are completely forgiven. Those sins aren't being held against you any longer. It's all under the blood. It's all forgiven. It's all in the past. As far as God's mind is concerned, he doesn't even remember it because he cast it as far as the east is from the west. Remembers it no more. Cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. It's remembered no more, not because God has a bad memory, but he chooses in his mighty power and sovereignty to forget what you did in the past. Hallelujah. Uh, you, listen, I, I'm glad you got excited about that, but right, that point right there is worthy of about a 30-second praise break right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on now. Come on. Hallelujah. I was telling somebody just this week that Satan will come and accuse me sometimes and say, you, you're like one of the least worthy persons in the world to be a pastor. And you know what? I have a tendency to agree with him about that. It's not about what I did in my past. It's about what, the, what God is doing now through me. Man, I, I feel like going off on like a 20-minute tangent on that point right there because the grace of God is so wonderful you can't even get to the end of it. You can talk about it endlessly and never wear it out. Praise God. It's going to do something a little different today. Don, you are accepted in the beloved, my brother. In Jesus' name, everything in the past is wiped away. Everything in the past is wiped away. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you for my brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for my brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. It's all, it's all gone, Don. It's all gone. It's all gone. Don't hold it against yourself anymore. Just uh, let the cleansing flow of the blood of Jesus. Just wipe all that stuff away, my friend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe that the Spirit of God is saying to you, you are my son. You are my beloved. You are my beloved. Everything is under the blood. Everything is under the blood. Don't let the things of the past hold you back from what I want to do with you in the present and in the future because it's all in the past. 
It's, it's in the sea of forgetfulness, remembered no more. It's not being held against you any longer. Thank you, Lord. Let me deal with those broken places in your heart and your family. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Love you, brother. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? How good, how good is God that he would just like interrupt my teaching, just to minister to an individual right there that just needed that? How good is that? Praise God. We ask God to interrupt our little program, so, you know, why would we expect that he wouldn't answer that prayer? Why would, he, we, why would we expect that there's, he, he'll interrupt a program for one person. Do you know that? Praise God. Don, you're the, you're the man today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You okay, brother? Just, just, let, me just, let me just pray for one more time, just for, for the strength of God to enter your life right now. Just stand up with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you strengthen this brother's heart. I pray that all that junk that the Satan has tried to accuse him of over all these years, you just heal the broken places in his heart, Lord, that you would give him peace that surpasses all understanding. You would give him confidence, Lord, that he is in the beloved, that you've got given confidence, Lord, that this day forward that you can use him regardless of what's happened in the past, that he, he is loved by you. So I pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard his heart and his mind in Christ Jesus, and he would experience the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. I thank you for that, Father. Let it heal him. Let it heal his household and anything else that uh, all this stuff has affected, Lord. Let this be a new season of his life, Lord God, where you're using him in a greater, greater measure, and he feels closer to you than he ever has before. And, then the, and we shut the mouth of the accuser right now in Jesus' name. Shut your mouth and stop accusing him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We break the spirit of infirmity off of him in Jesus' name. We break the spirit of accusation off of him in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus is way more powerful than your accusation, Satan. So shut your mouth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I love God. He's, he's my favorite. <laughs> so let me say again, um, this, I don't know, this teaching may go a little longer today, but just because of all the stuff that we've had today, you, you're patient with what the Lord has in mind, right? Okay, praise the Lord. So I want to say again, when he looks at you, he doesn't focus on the sins that he's asked you to forgive. That's such wonderful news, because what he sees in you is a, a beloved child, uh, a person that's a worthy heir of his kingdom. Hallelujah. And I want to say this to you as well, that God wants to abide with you even more than you want to abide with him. And I have to use a, a parenting analogy right now to make this point because, you know, when your children are small, you, you know, you're their hero, right? They, they want to be with you as much as, as you want to be with them. But when they get a little bit older and more independent, guess what begins to happen? You want to be with them more than they want to be with you. And so we parents, we older parents of older kids, we begin to get a glimpse of the heart of the Father. 
because we long for our children and God longs for us. He longs to have fellowship with his children. He longs to have fellowship with you, just like you long to have fellowship with your older children. And sometimes they're off doing their own thing and don't have time for you anymore. And there's a longing in our hearts. Listen, as, as uncomfortable and painful as that can be sometime, I want to tell you something. You just got a glimpse of the heart of God. You just got a glimpse of how God yearns and longs for fellowship with you. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So abide in my love, he said. You see, when we really learn to abide in his love, we'll feel so encouraged and cherished when we do that, that it won't feel like drudgery anymore. It'll be so enriching that we'll want to be in his presence as much as possible. Praise God. So I want to give you some principles of abiding today. Can I do that? All right. The first one is this. What happens on the surface isn't as important as what's happening underneath. What happens on the surface isn't as important as what's happening underneath. See, Abiding begins with, with visible and obvious disciplines like Bible reading and, and prayer and, and, and attendance of corporate worship like what you're doing today. But it may surprise you. Listen to this. This is going to blow some of you away. It might surprise you to know that you can do those outward disciplines for years without abiding. Did I just lose you on that one? You can read your Bible daily, pray daily, and be in church every Sunday without truly abiding. After all, didn't the Pharisees do all of those things? You see, folks, listen, reading a book about a person isn't as important as actually knowing and interacting with that person. So your Bible reading, as important as that is, I'm not minimizing it, but your Bible reading has to go beyond just information to revelation and relationship. Am I making sense? So then, the challenge in abiding then, this is in your notes, the challenge in abiding is always to break through from dutiful activities to a living, flourishing relationship with God. Such a key point, I'm going to read it again. The challenge in abiding is always to break through from dutiful activities to a living, flourishing relationship with God. I want to read you the testimony of a a gal named Annie who God took through this process and shifted her focus from dutiful activities to a living, flourishing relationship with God. And here's what she has to say. I'm not just reading my Bible or making requests anymore. I listen for him, meditate on his word. I write down what I hear him saying to me. I try to make this time as honest, deep, and intimate as possible. When I started out doing devotional times, it was like I was getting my time card stamped by heaven. Yep, she was here a whole 10 minutes. Lately, I've had to drag myself away. So there are two principles that will help you to experience what Annie describes. And both of them have to do with how you spend your time. And we're almost done here. 
So let's talk about some activities of abiding then. And the first one is this. To break through to abiding, we must deepen the quality of our devoted time with God. Now, notice I didn't say devotional time, because I think that would imply that it's simply punching a time card when you have your devotions. And that's not really the mentality that will bear much fruit. Rather, I used the word devoted in the biblical sense as something that's set apart, right? You remember the utensils that were used in the tabernacle and later the, the temple? They were utensils that couldn't be used for anything else. They were holy unto the Lord. They were set apart. So when I talk about the the time that you spend with the Lord, it's not just like punching a time card, oh, I did my devotions today. No, this is holy time that's set apart for him, right? So that's what I mean by that. So then, set apart the kind of time then that will build relationship. Set apart the kind of time that will build relationship. And probably the best time for that to happen, honestly, depending on your schedule, is in the morning. Now, when I get up in the morning, I, it's, it's the time when my mind is freshest, my mind is the most focused, I have no other distractions, nothing else is going on in the house, it's still dark 30 when I get up, and that's the time where I have my most productive time in, um, in the Word and in prayer and worship and, and what have you. And that is modeled after Jesus. Jesus did that. It said before it was even dawn. Jesus would get up and go to a solitary place and pray. Okay, so that's, and, and now again, if you know, if you get up at when I was a young man, I worked for UPS on the preload, and I got up at three o'clock in the morning. So you know, if you have to do it later in the day, it's it's not wrong if you do it later in the day. If you have a nine to five ish kind of schedule, I think getting up early in the morning and doing it then is probably the most productive time. But even doing it at night before you go to bed, there's nothing wrong with that either. Just do it. Wherever you put it in the course of your day, just do it. All right? So another couple of thoughts here. Other activities of abiding. When you read the Bible, don't just read for information. And when you pray, don't just talk In both occasions, take time to listen. And that's how you can break through into abiding. What what do you mean by listen? Well, God wants to talk to you. When I'm reading his Bible, what is it that he wants to say to Andy when I'm reading this? What does he want me to know about him? What does he want me to know about me? Correct? Correct? He wants to speak to you through his word. That's one of the primary ways that God speaks is through his word. But then take time to just, as Brent was saying earlier, just take time to just be quiet and listen. And then when you get an impression of something, write it down. That's why I really like the concept of journaling. I keep a prayer journal, a prayer and study journal. And man, I'm telling you, um, sometimes I'll write down an impression of what the Lord is saying to me. And then I'll go back and read it like a year later, and I go, wow, I was speaking prophetically and didn't even know it. So take time to journal. That will help you to galvanize what the Lord is saying to you. If, if, if the Lord 
if it's important enough for the Lord God Almighty to say something to you, don't you think it's important enough to write down, for goodness sake? And as, you, as you're going through this process, by the way, guess what will begin to happen? God will begin to give you dreams. Do you know that God speaks through dreams as well? And when he does, write it down. Okay? God is a dream giver as well. Okay, one more here. Don't relegate your time with the Lord to just a little pocket throughout the day, although that little devoted time I think is important, but learn to live in God's presence all day long. All day long. Fellowship with the Lord. Talk to him about everything. Uh, Talk to him all day long. Be in his presence all day long. As Brother Lawrence said, practice his presence. Practice his presence. And when we do that, we'll break through then from those just boring, dry, dutiful activities to a living, breathing relationship with the Lord. And it won't just be about, Lord, what, what can I the work that I can do for you today, but, but yeah, God wants you to work for his kingdom, yes, but he wants you, first and foremost, to have a relationship with him. And you know what? When you have a deep relationship with him, then the work that you do for the Lord will have more impact for the kingdom. And as a matter of fact, when you have a deep relationship with the Lord, that's where, in fact, I heard uh, a, a little mini teaching uh, by Dr. Patricia this past week. Some of you know her. Uh, she has a YouTube channel, and I was listening to her this week, and she said, you know, great faith comes out of intimate relationship with the Lord. Great faith, mountain-moving kind of faith, yes, comes from his word, but it comes from an intimate, deep relationship with the Lord. So if you're believing God for something, you're declaring something, uh, those declarations, that belief needs to come to a, uh, from a place of deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. All right, praise God. So that is abiding. That's different than pruning and the disciplining that we talked about later. If you've been through that and you're in a season of bearing much fruit, then God wants you to abide with him even more, even more. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about some misconceptions about abiding. So I'd love for you to be here for that. Don't miss that because I want to bring some clarity and some balance to all this. And so we'll address all that next week. Let's stand together. Praise God. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Andy Robbins and Blessed Life Fellowship. For more teaching and ministry resources, go to the church website at www.blessedlifefellowship.org. Thanks for listening, and may God's grace and favor shine on you.